0: The Nerd Academy podcast is released weekly at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, available on our website at www.thenerdacademypodcast.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find The Nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash Podcast, where every donation allows us to bring you more exciting content every week. Good morning, class, and welcome back to the Nerd Academy podcast, your source for Nerd news and commentary. I am your host and superior web headmaster and god of trivia, Jared Bachman Stubbs. And we are talking Loki season two today, our season review and overall discussion about uh, this incredible, uh, seemingly final season of Loki. Uh, I already miss it. I'm already, I guess, I said this on the uh, CBC review that I will be on uh, whenever that comes out. Uh that you know I part of me wishes me new. Part of me wishes I knew to go into this expecting some amount of finality and to be ready to say adieu uh to Loki. But I am not alone. Speaking of the comic book cast, um uh, Mitch is here, y'all.
1: I'm back again.
0: He's back again. Mm.
1: Excited to talk about Loki for the third time.
0: You yeah, know. I know it's it's a <laughs> it's a full British invasion of the, the Nerd Academy yes, yes. and also joining us hiding. It's Trey Mitchell.
1: He's muted as well.
0: I know. I don't think Trey wants to talk to you because you don't like Andor, uh, Mitch. I mean, that's fine. So you and
1: I can just—I can, right can handle a one-on-one. The, the 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 bullying team up.
0: He's back. He's back, Trey. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun on introducing you. I was—I as I clicked as uh, add to studio, I, you disappeared. I didn't oh. in and
2: out, but. Sorry about that. Uh, happy to be here. Excited to talk to me. Um, my technology. I, I, I need Obi to help me with my MacBook Pro. So that's
0: basically Obi would be God tier tech support, truly. Um, I, I think he could unfuck some things I have going on on my end. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm very excited for this conversation. Trey, you were like, hey, I want to talk Loki. And I was like, you got it because... You are on the list of people just open invite all the time. Love talking to you about this kind of stuff. Um, Just a little bit of housekeeping and programming notes. Um, Spencer and I have begun working on uh, the last couple episodes. We need to get out for the versus series. Uh, Those will be out the week after Thanksgiving. uh, Fingers crossed. Uh, This week has been uh, again, hectic schedule wise for me. Uh, I'm guesting on a number of podcasts, i.e comic I'll also be on for the republic again this week we're talking about the tartakovsky clone war series just keep your eye on the uh for the republic podcast feed uh connor's other show his other star wars show uh, you know andrew and i co-parent connor and uh what else was there oh yeah uh hopefully as well next week a review for the marvels i was seeing it this weekend i didn't get a chance to uh the past couple of days like i've been trying to so yeah keep your eyes out for a marvels review on this channel uh, $5 tier on the Patreon for the rest of Versus Series Season 4, and, uh, a review of the Marvels here, or I said that already, and then, uh, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars retrospective, uh, on for the Republic. So, yeah, it's a busy week around these parts, and you know what helps when you're having a busy week? A crisp, bloody Mary. A crisp, bloody... Uh, so you guys know the drill. Sunday's Bloody Mary has the most badass Bloody Mary accoutrement in the multiverse with their three-time award-winning spicy Caesar mix as well as their mild and traditional mixes if the spice ain't for you. They also have their award-winning as well uh, pickled dilly beans, okra, and asparagus if you want to get your freak on and garnish that bad boy. And if you're really freaky, you could go ahead and salt that rim, baby. Uh, I've said it before and I will continue to say it. Sunday's Bloody Mary is the only Bloody Mary mix I will ever use. I can make a damn good Bloody Mary from scratch, and let me tell you, Sunday's outdoes me, and I think I'd be a pretty good judge of what kind of Bloody Mary I like. So click the link in the description below, use the code TNAP, T-N-A-P at checkout, and get 10% off your order and uh, help out your favorite nerds while you do that. Trey, I'm going to give you the floor first since Mitch and I have talked at nauseum about Loki mm-hmm. uh, a good bit together already and uh, let you speak your piece. How are you feeling about this season? I know you and I both uh, have Loki pretty high on our uh, MCU show rankings.
2: Yeah. So I would say season one of Loki is like not only one of my, it's not not only my favorite MCU show, but probably one of my favorite seasons of TV ever. Um, it's up there with like Daredevil season one. I love season one of Fargo Um Master of None season two, just a few a few shows for me that are like just incredible. So, <clears throat> I was definitely excited for season two, and I think there was only one episode in this whole season that I wasn't like an out of ten, over the moon, like saying to my uh, girlfriend Jess during the whole during the whole episode, like this is incredible. Uh, it was it was the one where they go to Chicago and um, the, when the they World meet, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, it was still good, but I, I didn't think it was, like, on par with the rest of the season. So, um, But I loved season two of Loki. Uh, every time I watched an episode of this, I was just floored by the ending. I was like, damn, this is this is just, just good television. And I was a little worried about this season when the showrunner of season one didn't come back. Yes. Um, just because, you know, okay. sometimes, like, the first season of, Mar- of Loki is... It's like a very specific show, in my opinion. It's it's very sci-fi, kind of weird. And I was worried that they were going to kind of abandon that. But with the ending of season one, you knew that we were going to go to some crazy places here. So um, I really, really love this season. I love the finale. I think the last two episodes are probably the strongest of the series. Um, and I love what it potentially means for Loki in the future. But I'm also very happy with the conclusion of this arc for him uh this show seemingly like you said is only going to be two seasons and that's perfectly fine for me i never thought watching end game um the little throwaway scene it almost felt like with not throwaway but just oh loki got the tesseract and he's gone okay we have some sort of issue here now but uh it would be interesting then to think about where we got here now with these two seasons of loki because it's Two of my favorite seasons of TV. It's probably my favorite story in the MCU um, ever, like including movies. I just, I love these two seasons of TV. I think they're so well-made. Um, it's just, it completely stands out to me in terms of a lot of the other MCU shows, which I have liked, but this is to me is the cream of the crop. Um, it's in first by a country mile, as Jared likes to say. So I, I loved season two of Loki. I have a nice little little art piece here of, uh, season, Ooh, uh, season one that, that I found. I wish I knew the artist. I got it at um, some Comic-Con. I don't even know which Comic-Con. But uh, no, I I loved it. I am very happy with this season. I think it was incredible and I'm very fulfilled by what we got.
0: Well, I think fulfilled is, is, is the uh, operative word there. I think that there's something just so transcendent about loki's story that was told over the course of these two seasons that we that he, again and it's something i bring up multiple times on uh the comic book cast review um not only do you have to remember that this is not a loki who has gotten the personal growth and development that we see him experience from thor one up to infinity war when he like very bravely puts himself between thanos and Thor. You know, like like that, that moment where you see Loki not only step up to the challenge of facing somebody who he could have easily just kind of cowered, could have cowered behind and could have just been like, oh, Thanos, finally you've come to pick me up. I've been waiting. You know, he easily could have done that. And I think that even though Thanos would see through that facade fairly easily, um, he still would have been like, yeah, but you Loki's probably going to be a heavy hitter to have on the team. And by the time I have the infinity zones, what could he even fucking do to me in the first place? So like, I like Loki easily could have switched sides yet again at the end of like Loki prime's life, but he chose to put himself between Thor and Thanos. And he chose to like literally just go to slit his throat. Um, Loki went for the head unlike Thor did and that that was a beautiful send off for loki prime and to then take that same character and go okay so we're going to take him back to when like everybody fucking loved loki when like loki was the shit coming off the heels of the first avengers movie so you take him while he's licking his wounds from being defeated and humiliated twice by his brother Uh, with this chip on his shoulder of I'll show you waggling his scepter wildly in the air um, that he is in this vulnerable place of licking those wounds. And then you put him through this trial that like maybe lasts like like Mitch and I were talking about like a month at max, you know Uh, at least up to the point where he's like experiencing centuries at a time. That guy has this beautiful about face. And I love that we see Loki realize not only that he has the capacity to be a hero, but that it's always been there within him. That he's always had the ability to lead, to protect, to defend. That's always been in his heart. He just needed to find it within himself and put aside the parts of him that prevent him from doing so and understanding what glorious purpose means and that we get two vastly different, but equally impactful versions of Loki coming back, not only coming back to the light, but making some form of ultimate sacrifice in doing so that, you know, that, that this, this, this Loki, this iteration of him in the TV show where he just point blank says, like, I I don't want to be alone. And that isolation and that sense of being uh, cast aside and being an outcast has shaped his behavior so much. Like when you, when you finally ha- let him break that ground and just say it out loud, I don't want to be alone. Uh, you understand that, you know, aside from his envy and his ambition, that so much of what drove him as a villain in the MCU was that sense of you know it's 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 that proverb that describes all of my favorite characters who have a complicated morality of that whole you know the 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 child or the proverb i think it's an adverb that's a different thing uh that 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 proverb of you know the the child that does not feel the warmth of the love of the village will feel the warmth of it burning to the ground and you you see that in loki and you see that You know, in in the face of making this this incredibly difficult choice that is so beautifully framed around uh, the way that, you know, he kind of has this boy who cried wolf. Uh, complex going on of like you know well what is the only solution to this problem it's if i ascend to a throne and take the ultimate power and everybody, Sylvia included looks at him and goes yeah nice fucking try uh we see through this for what it is you you just want power you want to be at the seat of power you want to be taken in by he who remains and it's like no i don't want that i just somebody has to do it and i don't want it to be me this is the last thing i want to do and you see him struggle with that throughout and then make this, make this very selfless choice to isolate himself as the only person who can save all of reality. It's, it's just so wonderful. It's just so beautiful. Uh, Mitch, your, your, your overall thoughts on the season before we start talking specific character stuff.
1: Um, I mean, overall, I think it's, it's definitely the strongest I think they've done. Like, by and large, right. It's not even a competition. As much as I love like stuff like One Division and She-Hulk, like it's this is so far above any of those that if this isn't their new standard, then everything else is gonna be a disappointment, right? But you know, I was the same way with the first season as well, where I thought it was their strongest one, but it wasn't my favourite. Like in the list of all just the T V shows, it's actually quite low down. But with this, I think it's shot up to number one. Uh, quite, quite clearly, number one. But you know, just everything that both you and Trey have said about the show, I I just echo it because I think it is uh, just a character arc of this Loki, where ev- you you have Sylvie and everything with Sylvie and him is just like an introspective conversation with himself and trying to figure out everything. And he actually, you know, in the end, he has to make that ultimate sacrifice. He has to be alone. He, this Loki can't get what he wants. I think it, I think it's going to be a staple throughout every Loki you ever see in Marvel. Is he just doesn't get what he wants? Like he can't physically get what he wants.
0: even yeah. even in winning, he proves Sylvie's. You know, is that what defines a Loki? Is that we always lose? Like yeah, that, that 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 to win, he had to like suffer this great defeat and what i think what, what, what something that i think is like a really fun inversion on that and there's a lot of interesting you know Mitch you and i earlier we were talking cuz we recorded it at the, the same day we're recording this like hours mm. apart
1: um, This will be out first no doubt
0: uh yeah it's coming out tomorrow uh, <laughs> but uh the the, the, we were talking about how like, you know, the, there's the cyclical nature to the show that like the, mm. the, it begins and ends with glorious purpose. You know, it begins with Loki's bizarre uh, or bizarro, very jaded, uh, cynical, selfish idea of what glorious purpose is. And it is this self-serving, you know, desire for power to prove the people who said he was unworthy wrong. Uh, where and then you see where it ends. Where it is, his glorious purpose is protecting the people he cares about, even if it means he doesn't get to uh, have them around him. You know, it's it's a it's a very Star Warsy kind of conversation about love. You know, like that's mm-hmm. you know George Lucas said, you know, with like Anakin and his relationship with Padme, is that like what drives him is not a you know it's 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 so much. Anakin's fear of losing Padme is not so much that he wants to save her life so much as that he cannot imagine being without her. And that kind of possessive uh, ownership kind of love is what what pushes Loki uh, to do these heinous things, whereas it, it is that selfless sacrificial thing you know it's why i I, again i say this a thousand times you know it's why kylo ren's my favorite star wars character because darth vader is my favorite star wars character uh and the way that he is able to learn the lessons that anakin never did it never could that you know instead of making selfish decisions at the end of his life ben solo makes the decision to save ray at the cost of his own life something anakin never could have something that, mm-hmm. that that you know anakin's whole thing was i i i need to preserve you for me uh whether or not he realized that that's what he was doing and he comes by it honestly by all of the trauma he's experienced but it's it's the difference between those two things and seeing this loki be willing to do that it 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 is that you know beautiful inversion there and um again there there's there just so many beautiful inversions like you uh, like kind of what you were uh getting out there i just ah, oh, it's so beautiful it is
1: so beautiful it's also as um you no know, I, I brought it up on the spoiler cast or the current cast channel but it's that complete flip of the um, the lesson that thor learns in endgame from frega or freya whichever one you want to call her where it's be who you are not who you're supposed to be right? yes you know yes. He's, he's supposed to be god loki i hate that name you know, he's not supposed to be the God of mischief. He's supposed to be the Loki who remains.
0: Yes. Yes. The Loki who remains God of stories, which like is such a, oh, that's such a great title for him now. And I, I I don't have they, has that been used? in like any official capacity in the MCU? I know that's like a title of like a run, but like, is clearly what they're pulling inspiration from with this idea well, him. this is
1: apparently now called God Loki, at least according to the Funko Pop. But that's Funko. Huh.
0: Right? I like God. Of, I like God of stories because that's what he is. Uh, that's yeah, what I'm saying. calling
1: him. Now.
0: Oh, same, and, it, and, it, and it's so beautiful, and it, it's so beautiful and its so meta that you know that like he now that he is the keeper of the multiverse, he is he is the god of all of these stories that we love. It's very much in the same way. Uh, it, it's meta, akin to the what if, like that that beautiful moment uh, with Owatu and Natasha where he's like, mm-hmm. hey, they're not just stories they're you know, it's, it's so much bigger than that. It's so much more than that. Um, and in a very metal way, I like how they let Loki become like the keeper of all of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, talk, we've been talking about Loki a good bit here. Um, I, I want to, uh, talk a little bit about our antagonists throughout the season. I let you know our, our Renslayers, or Ms. Minutes, our uh, he's, whose remains. Um, now that we have like the full picture, like not only of the season, but now of the series, I love the way all of these characters in hindsight reflect so much of the personal growth Loki's had to go through, um, you know, in in Renslayer, there is this um, fanatical, you know, like d- dedication to her cause that I think echoes like Loki's willingness to side with all of the universe's scumbags to get what he wants, you know, with your Thanoses and whatnot. Um, and that there's there's a, a a propensity to carry out violence in the name of some greater causes, you know, the, the, the glorious purpose stuff um, that he is preordained, you know, cursed with glorious purpose uh, to subjugate people. And that 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 is the life that uh, Renslayer lives. And with Miss Minutes, it is this uh, empty pit of like longing and like, why won't you just acknowledge me? Why won't you just treat me as your equal? God damn it. Um, that we, that, oh, you know, obviously it, 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 it's not in the romantic sense that, you know, miss minutes has with, uh, he who remains, but like, you still see that in his relationship with Thor in his relationship with Odin and Freya, even that there, there is this like, Hey, like, why won't you acknowledge me as like being as good as Thor or worthy of the throne? Like Odin. Um, that I think is fascinating. And then with he who remains, you have this arrogant power, hungry um, God walking God complex that, you know, Kang is or he Who remains is just a man. You know, he's, he's cut low by a sword, you know, a sword to the gut and that's all it took. Um, He's not a God. He's not any of these incredible things, but he wears all the trappings of it and he has this level of self importance <coughs> pardon me um that again colors a lot of like what we see of like villain loki throughout the MCU and seeing that like trinity of you know loki's loki's wanting to be part of something bigger his desire for validation and acceptance and his um front of supreme confidence and self-assuredness uh, the way that is reflected in these villains that you see the ways they're defeated? You know, you see that that fanatical desire to, you know, carry out the glorious purpose. It leads Renslayer quite literally uh, to the wreckage of the TVA as she is about to be consumed by the very monster she's been feeding her victims to. Uh, and again, Mitch, you and I discussed this may or may not be the end of Rivona Renslayer. We'll see how it shakes out. You know, I can go either way. Maybe she'll make it out. Maybe she'll tame a I don't know. I do love the idea that she is, again, left there to be consumed by the same monster she's fed so many helpless people mm. to. Um, you know, Miss Minutes in some ways is like undone by her obsession with he who remains and that, you know, her final moments, they don't get to be her having any real reflection or understanding of herself. She, she dies with spite. She dies, you know, her final words, her final moments are spent admonishing Victor timely. And with that, you'll never be him um, because she's so full. She's so scornful. And the thing that I love the most about the way that he's able to conquer ha, ha, ha he who remains is that it's by, no, I'm not going to play your game. And it's, I think he recognizes in many ways that one of the things that led to his defeat at the hand of the Avengers is that they chose not to play on his terms, that there came a point where it was like, no, we're not going to start pointing fingers at each other. We're not going to let our aggression and arrogance get the better of us. We are we are going to come together. We are going to subvert your game, and we're going to play it by our own rules. And Loki, I think, in some ways, learns that lesson both from his defeat at the hand of the Avengers, but also recognizes that like the cat can't we can't put the genie back in the bottle. You know, like you're you're dead as you know. And you, Mitch, you and I got into a very fun metaphysical argument about that. Um, about whether or not there even is a he who remains anymore, and the nature of time loops and whatever. But I still stand by there is one. Well. I yeah. and I still stand by. You're wrong. Um, but it'd be like that. But no, that there is this. You know, he 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 defeats Kang and he usurps him by taking a throne that he never wanted, and that again, that's that beautiful. Uh, dramatic irony there—that the one thing Loki always wanted his entire life is the one way to save the universe, and he—I think—in a, in a beautiful way—he knows it's the right thing to do because this time he doesn't want it. Um, Trey, I've been rambling for a moment. If you—if uh, I happily give you the floor because I haven't shut up in like twenty minutes. It's okay. I've been on enough podcasts with
2: you to know the. General back and forth. <laughs> um, so I, formula. yeah. So I think it's interesting with season one compared to season two because season one you had more like big bads in terms of Renslayer and Miss Minutes kind of, and then at the end, he who remains. But with season two, like those characters almost play a backseat to like time, and like time is the real yes. issue here. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that. Like it wasn't like oh, there is a big like when the way season one ends you think oh my god Kang is gonna be like you know you see Loki go back to the TVA and you see these giant sculptures of Kang and whatever so I'm like oh wow Kang's gonna be season two or whatever but with this it's like so much of Loki's issue is not being able to I don't even know what that thing is called but you know the tube that saves time not being able to go and Fix that, you know. We see the, the same.
0: temporal loom. loom. The
2: temporal loom. Yeah, I wish. I wish I was OB and I knew all the terminology. That <laughs> that TVA book, I would love to own that. Like, it'd be really cool if they would sell that. I would. I would love to just have that. You know, yes. on my Little free money. Here. That is
0: free fucking
2: money. Marvel Studios. <coughs> yeah, TV, yeah. And have a uh, you know Kiwi signs sign, sign some, and I would pay oh, even more money that for that.
0: Would be, that would be dope uh, as hell.
2: <laughs> right, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about. Uh, obi but uh no just the idea of time like there's a moment i i, I think it's in the I think it's in the, in the finale where loki's asking obi like how long does it take for me to you know figure everything out and like engineer this thing it's like decades like hundreds of years and then it just cuts to like 100 years later or whatever and i was like oh this is this is so cool uh my favorite song of all time is called time by the sure shirt i'm wearing Pink Floyd, just the idea of time is so so interesting to me. So to have that be sort of the main crux, the main issue of this season, I just thought was pretty cool and uh, neat, as our friend Connor would say. Um, and uh, yeah, having Renslayer um, at, at the end where she sends so many people was, was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, I just, just wanted to say one thing. The music in this is so freaking good. Um, I believe N- Natalie Holt, right? That's who yes. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like when when the credits started playing to this, I like stood up and did a salute. Like the national anthem started playing. Like Loki, the score <laughs> of the theme of Loki is my national anthem. Uh, I, I I I love it. I love. There are just a lot of technical things about this show that I that I just ugh, it just it just gets me going,
1: but.
0: Yeah, I start throwing ass every time I hear that. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. It's if, so good. I
2: If I'm ever in a club, which not not likely, but um, and this, like some sort of the, some sort moment. of a Loki theme comes
0: on. At, yeah. Throw an ass for sure. Throw it in a circle. I, listen, I I need Natalie Holt hasn't done Star Wars yet, has she? Didn't she do Obi-Wan?
2: She did I was, Obi-Wan
0: let's, yeah, that's right. OK, I was going to say I couldn't remember if it was her, which. Or not.
2: I was a little underwhelmed with that score.
0: I okay. I hear that. But. I the Obi Wan Kenobi score has grown on me. Natalie Holt, if she is like on a Loki type beat, like if she's like, you know, you have like there's certain uh, artists, especially rappers, people be like, you know, you got you got you got album such and such, and then you got mixtape such and such. Like I know people make <laughs> the delineation with like Lil Wayne and Logic a lot. Yeah. it's like they're it's in so two realistic. different fucking modes between what type of project J Cole. I want Natalie Holt on her in, in like Loki mode to do the Ray movie. I like if I could get mm-hmm. like some type of new Jedi theme, um, that is as like makes my hair stand up, uh, as like the I think it's a Loki green theme with like the dun 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 it's dun. Like, uh,
2: uh. I, I feel like the issue with Kenobi is more that she's trying to. T- like John Williams sets a precedent and you kind of have to yeah. work within those parameters. Whereas with Loki, it's just like, just do you like, just do whatever you want. And on, un- un- unleashed Nat- Natalie Hold I don't get a lot of um, vinyls for like soundtracks, but Loki is like, I, I, just, I started writing my Christmas list and the only things so of ours is just Loki season one, Blu-ray. Um, so yeah, I adore her score.
0: Absolutely. It's so good. And that final version we hear in the credits, like, is so mm-hmm. melancholic. Like again, I want like a
2: like a Pusha T verse on it. Like, like <laughs> it's, it's just so it's so good. I could like have like a really good rap for early Kendrick or for Jared, like whatever it is. I could I could I could have some bars over that.
0: Trey really does know the Tina formula. Where he said, <laughs> "Yes, uh, someone has to bring up Kendrick Lamar because we've talked about." Rappers. I need a Drake
2: diss on it. Just I <sighs>
0: Just just take the vocals for the heart part for Adonis. Adonis
2: bit. is played by uh, Jonathan Majors. You have something there. Adonis Creed. Wait, no, that, that's not sure.
0: No, so he's not he's the, the villain. Yeah, though, yeah. Adon- yeah no, no, yeah, he was in right, a Creed. Right, right. You're 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 not yeah, too yeah, far yeah. off. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, no, I God, this it's just so beautiful. And again, like this is this is inc- like a really really tight cast. Like everybody. Yeah gets so many incredible moments you know like Mitch you brought up on the CBC review like uh, mm-hmm. Sophie DiMartino does not get as much Sylvie screen time this season as she did in the first yeah. but like there's not a single moment she's on screen where she does not just own every moment of it you mm-hmm. know like just pleading with Loki about like the TVA is inherently bad you can't keep doing this you know the the terror in her eyes as she's seeing time cave in on itself. That that moment of realization of maybe you have to stop me from killing. He remains. I don't know. Um, she, like like she owns every single moment. Um, there is this war weariness to Owen Wilson as Mobius that like I that I love. And again, like it is that you got to remember how like short a window of time these two seasons take place over, um, that like in, in the time of Mobius realizing he's been worshiping a false God, that all of this is just could not be more horse shit if it wanted to be, um, that like he, he really brings a optimistic, but war weary performance to Mobius, um, that I think requires a lot of nuance and a lot, a lot of humanity to it. Um, you know, same with Hunter B fifteen, like like the the way that she just changes so much when she realizes and fully understands the nature of what's happening and what she's been part uh, part of. Um, I would have I'll,
1: liked more of B fifteen in this season. I though. definitely I like if anyone B-15. got the shaft, it was her. Like she wasn't in season one mm-hmm. that much. Like she just had the little character arc and then essentially nothing in season yeah. two. <laughs> We're well, seeing her was as
2: a like her i'm not sure how you describe it but her as a nurse or whatever like like yeah. seeing that yeah. version was, was cool
0: and that casey is in- too
2: i i just love uh casey the the, the actor who plays him uh eugene cordio cordero uh i just love him i, I don't know why i just mm-hmm. always like when he's in stuff he was in mando season one i think just just like that guy
0: who was he in Man where was he in uh Mando?
2: I think he was one of the villagers when um Oh
0: shit, you're the right. Your Dune you episode. Said that. Yeah, in yeah. Sanctuary, yeah. He's, he's one just of the been ones. In some,
2: like... some, some stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Oh, the moment you said that I saw his face because he goes to the yeah. when he's like trying to leave uh sorgan. Um just like yeah, like, no, but like, what you you brought up the nurse stuff with B fifteen, and again, like, I think we, you know, I absolutely could have done with more of her, but like, and and they do it, and they don't like call it, they don't call like a direct amount of attention to it, but I love the way that her instincts kind of reactivate once she understands what's happening, you know, Hippocratic oath, yeah. do, you know, do no harm, and all that, like that she by nature is somebody who is here to help and you know soothe people um that moment with the little kid with like the don't climb in trees thing was so beautiful um that that you see that you know the the, the, the way that like no this is who she is This like this is this is her north star is helping people is being there to protect she is not a hunter by trade that is not who she is um just so just that is such a such a great note um for them to hit with her um and then obviously I, you know oh sorry trey
2: i uh just before i forget it my favorite joke in this whole show was when um you know everything explodes i think it's the end of episode four and then episode five starts and look he's trying to yeah. find his crew and he goes to find mobius and he goes mobius the TVA, we need to fix it. And he goes, TVA, I think you mean ATV, man. I don't have any in stock, but I can get you one. And I just that, <laughs> that, was was a, that was a great joke.
0: That was <laughs>
2: – Just the was... Owen Wilson delivery was just just perfect. I, I just wanted to say that. Shout out that, uh that joke.
0: <laughs> oh, speaking of Owen Wilson and Mobius, uh, I thought of you, Trey, during the finale. I, mean, I meant to tell you this, and I was like, I'm going to have Trey on so I can bring it up. Um, did you have a little uh, Pink Floyd nerdgasm with the way that it looked like they were uh, paying homage to that one Pink Floyd album cover? I'm not, I can't remember the names, but like that moment while like time is like spaghettifying and they're shaking hands and like Mobius is spaghettiing. Oh, and yeah. Munky wish isn't. you were here. Wish you were yeah. here. Thank you. I knew yeah. I, something like that. I, I immediately thought of you because I was like, this looks, is This say? this yeah. has to be yeah. like, there's no way this isn't an intentional nod to wish you were here. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I th- like I said, I thought of you immediately, uh, but no, and obviously, you know, like the 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 king scene stealer with Ke- Ke- Kwan. Um there is just he was so good. <sighs> I Mitch, I replied to one of your tweets yesterday or so.
1: I okay. don't want him to be a droid. I,
0: I we well, maybe. Droid? Well, because he was talking about how he just like very badly wants to be in Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. He's like Reagan Kennedy. And I, and I, what but I said really? I was like his voice, and I'm not saying he just has to play a droid. Yeah. You know, let the See, I get shows. why you Lots I of,
1: get why you said it because it's like yeah, he has got the voice for a droid, especially like recent Star Wars droids. But I think it'd be such a waste of his ability to have him be. Like, you can have both, I suppose, but. Right. No, I was gonna say cool.
0: if Andy Circus gets to be Snoke and also Kino Loy, um, mm, you know, I, I, yeah. don't see it. I don't see a reason why you couldn't have like Kihi Kwan like do the obvious layup slam dunk casting of him being some type of oh, over exuberant, you know, protocol droid, oh, master whomever, it's still so good to see you. I mean, da, Alan da, Tudyk yeah,
2: like, could do you know that one, but we could definitely get Kiwi Kwan to be a droid,
0: yeah, yeah and I mean, hey let's also not forget he did the stunts for X-Men. So like part of me also, and after uh, everything exactly. over there all at once, like, you know, he is on my list of like, please give this motherfucker a lightsaber. It's one of my okay. few, it's one of my, it's one of the only reasons why like there's a part of me, a uh, deep in my brain. It's this, this small little sliver of me that does not like Fennec Shand. And it's only because Mignol Wen doesn't get to swing a lightsaber around. Um, there's a part of me that's like, why didn't you let her just you, whoa, 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 whoa. like give her that? Um, but I do love Fennec um, and I'm probably going to be meeting Mignol Wen next month. Actually, it's Steel City Comic Con. Oh. So if you're at that, come through. Say hi. Um, but no, uh, Kiquan is so great. I, and again, I, and I love how many times he gets like big thesis statements of the show. Like his whole his whole thing of like oh well maybe we need to abandon the science and lean into the fiction. That's exactly what Loki does. You know he he says fuck this shit to to firing gadgets into a bigger gadget and building a new who's a what's it what's it do fuck you thing. And he's like no like I'm 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 a magical god. Get out of my fucking way. I'm just going to start. Revivifying strands of reality, you know, and he, he, you know, he gets that, like, you know, him and Doctor Strange both get these moments of like doing wild, cool, badass shit that has to do with their cape, you know, between Zombie Strange and his like cape of the damned, and, uh, you know, Loki like literally wearing strands of reality on his back for, for one moment. Um, or at the very least, it's framed that way. But like, like he he gets those he gets those mission statements. You know, he's he sets the tone for so much of this like wacky, weird, heady sci fi adventure. And it, if I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a it was a complaint I had about Loki, but it was always something that I thought was weird was that this show, which is incredible, at least in season one, there was this weird dynamic where i was like you could make this you could make this exact show and it not have to be about loki you know like you could have Mm -hmm. some you 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 could reframe it as oh like you know like let's just call him tom let's just call him tom is like this like there there are specific flavors of this guy throughout the multiverse who have consistently been a problem for these time cops and he meets this other version of himself and they together and they work together to like, you know, redefine how reality gets to exist. You always you could have done that with anybody It didn't even have to be in the fucking MCU. It always could have been a thing. And I was always like, it's this is such a fun concept. Sometimes I'm curious as to like, what would this have looked like if it didn't have to exist within the confines of the MCU? <laughs> And then in the final moments of this show, it's like, no, this is why it had to be about this fucking guy. Cause he is the only person who can solve this problem because of the specific power set he has. And I love this season because we get to see Loki not only do more of his like magic and sorcery and illusions and stuff, we get to see him use it combatively. We get to see his combined power with Sylvie when they're just dropping an entire platoon of TVA goons. Um, together with their with their combined uh, magical might i was like yeah that's cool but like again like why does it have to be loki like i'm not complaining i love everything about this show but why does it have to be him is there a way you could have told the story if it not being loki and by the end it's like no you could not have told this story without him it has to be him it has to be this specific journey um so wonderful um Trey, I'm going to ask you a question that goes all the way back to the first episode of this season. Uh, just out of curiosity, because there's a conversation I had with Travis. In the first moments of the season premiere, I was thrown for a loop. Because I, I interpreted the end of season one as when Loki returns to the TVA and Mobius doesn't recognize him and B-15 doesn't recognize him and he looks up and he sees the statue of Kang the Conqueror or he remains whatever you want to call him I interpreted that and went into season 2 with the assumption that he was in the next rebooted version of the TVA and it was a version of the TVA that had been I'm going to trying to avoid saying conquered now um, that was usurped by like an like a straight up Kang, you know. No, he who remains of Victor Timely, just a Kang the Conqueror, and they were do It was just a mask off worshiping of him, and then obviously we realized, no Loki is in a past version of the TVA when it was the mask off. We worship uh, he who remains. Did you have any, like, inclination of, like, that's where that, that's what they were getting at at the end of the first season? Because I'm just, I'm just interested in asking people that question because I, I, I feel like I'm the only person who had this very different takeaway from everybody else at the end of the first season.
2: You know, I think I just thought when we saw the Statue of King that, like, things were very fucked up like he by destroying he who by killing he who remains that just things changed um i don't know exactly what i thought about it uh i, I think one of the things i liked about this show loki is like so I'm a, I'm a big star wars fan i know jared you're a big star wars fan too when i watch star wars shows i theorize about the things that are going to come next like with ahsoka every episode like my brain like i couldn't sleep you know after the I watched an episode, Ahsoka because I was like, "Oh my gosh, these things could happen." But with Loki, I just watched the episode, loved it, and then didn't really think too much about what was going to come next. So, once um, the when this new season started and he was in the past, there's a lot of weird stuff time like time wise in this where you know he's telling a past version of him set like he re- he opens the elevator just there's a lot of stuff that's a bit confusing at first when you see all this past and present version of Loki that you're seeing like 15 you know he does something and then you go 15 seconds back in the past and he talks to that past version of himself so it's, it's a bit confusing um and I'm not even totally sure if I understand everything that happened in this season uh in regards to all the time travel stuff um But I think Jared, just answer your question. When I did see the end of season one, the King, the the King, the Conqueror statue, I just thought by killing He Who Remains that the whole TVA was messed up. I don't think I really knew if that was the past or the future, but just that that things were were very different.
0: Yeah, I said I was just curious because I I, that the whole idea of oh no, this is this this is just the TVA pre the timekeeper lie. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. That fascinated me. Mitch, have we talked about that yet? I don't, I don't know. If that
1: I out. don't think we have, but I'm very much, I would, see, I was on the same page as you, right? That's that was my first thought that like, they, like you've got rid of he, who remains the variants are loose. Therefore now Kang always control
0: the TVA mask off Kang. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was everyone's assumption to it. To be honest, I didn't realize that people didn't have that take away from it for me i thought it was really obvious but you know not once in however long it was between these seasons did i actually think um he's in the past of the tva he's more or less in
0: the same tva just pre a a brain wipe
1: yeah yeah there was no i don't know why i didn't think this show about time travel would ever just send him back as opposed to time is in the present completely different now so I was I was actually just genuinely shocked at the first season when it's like, yeah, no, isn't the past moving on there?
0: Yeah, yeah, but but again it, it does it does present a lot of those like really fun, like logical conundrums that the show loves to pose. You know, again, like the 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 bit with Loki having to prune himself. Um, you know, long long time listeners of the Nerd Academy know uh Travis and I fucking love Tenet. Um, oh, great movie, and constantly talk about uh, how the, the the our favorite line of dialogue in any movie ever uh, it's a temporal pincer movement. Um, and Travis and I started pumping our fists when we realized that's probably <laughs> what was happening. Uh, was that it was some form of temporal pincer movement that Loki was experiencing uh, when he saw Sylvie in the elevator. Um, which again is. I want to rewatch Tenet now. I love that shit. Hot take. It's my favorite Nolan movie uh, that doesn't involve I Batman. agree.
1: Absolutely. I need to see
2: it with uh, subtitles on. I've only seen it once in the theater. And I was just like, "I." my favorite Tenet story, I always tell people, is like I halfway through the movie, I saw it with, with my dad. And I said, Dad, do you have any idea what's going on in this movie? And he said, I have no effing clue because <laughs> he just couldn't understand the words. Cause yeah, of the audio mixing, yeah, I was I like, do you have any idea? Like, and he can't shit. hear very
1: well already. So I was do like, it? do you know what's going on? He's like, no, <laughs> I watched it at home. I, I didn't see it in the cinema when it came out. I watched yeah. it. I mean, and yeah. I, I don't know if they fixed the editing, but I did not have that in the slightest. <laughs> watched that movie. Yeah. All I could think about was what are people talking about? Like you can hear everything so clear. So, um, yeah they probably made it a little bit clearer I think Just it may the, have had like, something to do was with so loud.
0: yeah well I think yeah. it had something to do with like the way it was mixed for yeah. cinemas I think it had something to do with the way that it was mixed that like whatever speakers specifically carried the sound of like the special effects and the music mm. that for whatever reason that was so high in the mix you know like yeah. and, I, and I, I remember the day I realized that like different speakers were playing different parts of the audio for the first time because i think it was one of the times i saw rogue one in the theater that one of the speakers was fucked up and it was every time a tie fighter and you heard that iconic "Ah!" when a tie fighter flies by and there was one specific speaker in the theater that had this like this 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 auditory like (laughs) screaming like it was just like <laughs> like it was just this like terrifying crackle noise that uh just just deafened everyone in the room um you know you didn't get that iconic screeching from the engine um But yeah, no, I I, I did. I did love that stuff. And again, like it's something that they only could have done. And, you know, I I, I always like to, you know, brag that like I figured out Loki season one, like from the first two episodes. It's like timekeepers are bullshit and it's going to be Kang. And I know there was a third thing that I was like thumping my chest over being excited about.
2: The Loki season one finale, too, is like one of the only MCU show finales that I feel like really hit for me. Yeah, and I was yeah. like completely satisfied. Because like WandaVision, I really liked it. I thought the finale was kind of weak. Um Falcon and the Winter Soldier, same thing. Just kind of I, I I don't know of an MCU show that I definitely not Secret Evasion uh finale that I loved. And the Loki season one finale
0: Oh Trey, cut, Trey, you, Twitter, you but... felt weird about uh, Nick Fury who spends several moments in the show talking about race relations, piecing out while the the president of the United States greenlights hate crimes, was weird. You didn't like that. You I thought that was it. fucking bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> See, just a slight, just secret
2: invasion thing. I liked that show for like the first two episodes because the like vibe of it's cool, and then it just I felt like it went nowhere. Like we got, I I, I just I, I don't know.
0: I, I will say Secret Invasion. I like the first half of it. Yeah. Um, I think it is the only main theme that can compete with Loki. Um, I don't even remember. The
1: it it, oh, it's, it was AI generated. Don't worry about it.
0: No, no. Oh, the credits, the, credit? the <laughs> title oh, yeah. card credits were <laughs> oh, okay, Mitch. Yours, you were. You were you I mean, spread, they had Missy to launder that
1: money somehow. Like you know, just dump it all in the AI. <laughs> Um, I don't acknowledge that show's existence for what it did to Rodi, and I never will. Uh,
0: I don't mind Scroll oh, yeah. I uh Mitch, we were talking earlier about how much I love Nando V movies. Here's a good recommendation for you. He, Nando V movies, like original thing that he did a lot of was that he would do videos that were either like a, I'm given the keys to the castle to remake whatever thing. This is yeah. how I do it. Or he would do videos that were like a one small change, where he would change one specific element of that story, um, and here are the ramifications from it. And he was like, "I don't really like doing those videos anymore for a number of reasons, but I'm going to do one more." And he hadn't done any fucking years, um, and he did a. Here's how I would do Secret Invasion. You should watch that one. I think you would really like it because mm-hmm. he he does scroll roadie, but in a different direction
1: is roadie kept before or after Rango? Uh, cause if it's still in the same spot, then nothing changes. I still hate, he me.
0: actually makes a more radical decision with
1: roadie. Oh, no. I'll that... check it out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you. Cause no. I want I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, um, all of the say, Trey with, with the MCU, like season finale episodes, you know, I think that, you know, not, not to get into the shambles of it all. And, you know, um, Alden Diaz of Octo radio and Casterly talk and anytime with him and Ken Knapsack, uh, which is fantastic. Go watch all of those. Um, you know, we, we did like an hour and a half breakdown of that infamous variety article, And, you know, I think Alden brings up like at no point do they ever mention that uh, Bob Chapek was like, give us everything now. Pump it, pump it, pump it, pump it, pump it. Um, And because of that, there were there were shows that were clearly meant to be movies. And I think that the reason why Loki, I think, sticks the landing so well as like two finales and two consistently really good seasons of television is that I feel like this show was designed to actually be a fucking TV show. And not a movie that got turned into some bizarre mini series.
2: It looks like it. Like the show, like mm. the sets are beautiful. Like the way that they were designed. The cinematography, fantastic. Like everything about the aesthetic of the show is freaking time and effort went into it. And it wasn't just a you know like a green screen background. Of course, there is green screen in the show. I'm I'm sure there is. But like,
0: no, they it, they did a uh, they did the hard. temporal loom exploding uh, practically.
2: I was oh, say, wow, that multiverse tree is actually real. No,
0: it's, it's got wow! Real. Oh, a scoop! Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, scoops! Uh, no, um, but no, I, I agree with you. I do really love the aesthetic of the TVA. There's something so fun about something so like weird, heady, sci-fi that is just so beyond our comprehending because of the technology being rooted in this like almost early cold war technology aesthetic the TV. Where i love the like fact that it's seen um, in a dream yes it's very liminal in that way
1: yeah i just love the fact finish? that it's actually um obi's warehouse when he's douglas adams in quotes
0: yes yeah because he's all office like it has the same like yeah. it looks like like the, the apparatus of the of the say so they have this
1: shot where you're looking at like the exit door like just right before everything spaghetti fires right and it's. You can just see where the desk goes. they've got like a little prototype, like bench where Loki sits on. Love that detail.
0: so good. It's so good. There are so many just great unspoken, just look for it details that, Mm. man, I really love.
1: Um, Like Casey being Frank Morris, of all people.
0: That was a fun bit. That was Mm -hmm. a fun bit. I, I listen. Alcatraz.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I I love that. I listened to a show called last podcast on the left, which is a hybrid. Like they do a little conspiracy stuff. They do a little true crime. They do a little supernatural. They do a little cryptid they a little, a little bit of all that, you know, stuff that goes bump in the night. Um, and they did an episode. They did a series of episodes about the history of Alcatraz and it's like, most notorious inmates and all those stories. And, um, because of that, I am permanently cursed with. Now I knew before that, that Alcatraz means Pelican or whatever. Um, so every, every time people were talking about, Oh, it's so cool. Casey was actually this Alcatraz inmate. I'm just in the back of my mind. I'm like, it's a fucking Pelican. It's fucking <laughs> pelican. That's all I can think about is all I can, th- all I can think about. Everybody was having all this fun talking about Alcatraz. And I'm like, Nope. I listened to those last, po- last podcasts on the left episodes. All I can think about is those episodes and, do you know alcatraz means pelican um loki in season one being
2: db cooper too my friends oh, and I yeah and I still no. had an obsession with db cooper couldn't can't i have no idea why we just thought it was funny um and then when i
0: saw that trailer like he used db cooper i like freaked out <laughs> db cooper is to you what alex jones is to me
2: i wouldn't go that far
0: but maybe in 2020... you know, you don't have a dude, painting of DB Cooper in your bathroom. Dude, freaking
2: MH Flight 370 was was to me in 2014 what Alex Jones did. I was obsessed with that plane going missing,
1: absolutely obsessed. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm surprised no. the show never did more with like that concept though. I understand why yeah. it didn't because the show is not about that. But Loki being like people like a DB Cooper or Casey being Frank, you know, is. When they announced I it, I thought that's what the show was gonna be, which I am happy. Yeah, because like, they had it with fun. the um the concept art, didn't they? Of like the 80s theater in London, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, no, Loki's gonna it be was, it it the was, time it was, causing mischiefs.
0: It was, yeah, it was. Well, they they framed it as like, what if Doctor Who was a kind of a piece of shit, and like yeah. he's he's. Yeah. I am not saying this to be granular and correct you, just because like I I remember seeing that image of being so perplexed as to what was going on. It was uh, seventy five because it was Jaws. Like I remember like saying that like jaws was on the marquee or maybe I'm making that up in my own mind but I, I feel it like I might have
1: saying, been but because w- they obviously they they do that shot in this season right when they go to the Zaniac X5. yeah yeah the whole zaniac thing which is in the 70s I think I'm saying it's a 75 in the time card.
0: yeah around- which and that was another fun callback is it like 10 years later when he and Sylvie are at that bar in the 80s and there's a
1: zaniac arcade cabinet Yeah, yeah. They really hung on that, though. The Waiting for Player 2 screen, they really hung on that. I was waiting for something to happen with it, but it never happened.
0: Well, I mean, in many ways it's kind of meant to represent, like, Loki's weird relationship with isolation and loneliness. He is the Player 1 eternally waiting for Player 2.
1: Yeah, or Sylvie's Player 2 and he's just waiting for her to show up.
0: Lightsaber Gobert.
1: Um... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Did yes, you sure. try to shake his head? Yeah, yeah. I, just, um, I, just
2: hate, I just hate how much he says that. I, I hate how much Jared <laughs> says, I hate the lightsaber go-burr of it all. I'm like, shut the fuck
0: up. No, okay. I never say I hate the lightsaber go-burr of it all. Yes, that is
1: a direct quote My me, thing that, is that, I I, I is hate so when
0: bad. people's analysis stops at lightsaber go-burr. Okay. about the same
1: thing with just more words.
0: Well, No, no. Because I, yeah, like I, like I, <laughs> I like when the lightsabers burr of it all. I like when the lightsabers go-burr. I like that a lot. I get frustrated. just a phrase.
2: I don't know. Something something like poking <laughs> at me. I don't know why.
0: It's so funny to me that you dislike that phrase. It seems like something you would say more than me. That I think yeah. is
2: funny. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with it. My my brain just like pushes back, which I can't explain,
0: but it's okay. Um but yeah. I also just made me think of it. And it's something that doesn't happen a lot in the show. I just need to bring up, I love the sword play. We don't get a lot of it, but like Loki's duel with Sylvie going on and on and on and on. It's just, it's just so well choreographed and edited. Like I just I lo I love the perspective shifts where like you're seeing it from both of their like almost like a first person perspective of of them like having their little fencing match. And it's also you don't get to see Loki just scrap very often. Like a lot of the time he's either scheming or he is, you know, like magicking the shit out of people. Or the few times we do see him just like actually throw down, he's getting his shit kicked in. Um, because typically he's fighting Thor. Um so like, I don't know. There was there was something really fun about seeing him like just fencing and showing like yeah like he only loses fights because the people he's put up against are like thoroughbred fighters, and that's not a thing he typically is. But he can hold his own. Is you know,
1: of course I like to can Loki hold his own? Have we ever seen him in a physical fight?
0: Yeah, I mean we see uh, we we see him get beat up a lot, but that's what I'm saying. Is it like? The show. Yeah, a, two, a fight
1: implies that it's two equal sides, right? That's just getting your shit pushed in. No I mean, I don't think it's a fair fight against Thor. Exactly, it's not. A, it's not a fight. Has he ever actually like been a proper fight?
0: No. no, I mean, yeah, he's just
1: lost them. Okay, huh? that's a fight.
0: That's a fight. Just because he just because he got his shit kicked in doesn't mean it wasn't a fight.
1: I mean. He takes she, she kick a it's not fair. It's not exactly a fight, is it? It's just child abuse, right? No. It,
2: it's not a battle, but it's still a fight,
1: yeah. Yeah, he's
0: scrapping. He's scrapping. Yeah. Yeah, um it. Yeah, do we have uh any other like final thoughts on uh this this beautiful melancholy season of Loki? Do you
2: both think that this is the end of Loki in the MCU or do you do you think yeah. we're going to Be seeing more of him.
0: So, I very much think that Loki is going to be like a key player in yeah Kang Dynasty. I I fully like I think that Loki is probably going to be like the last thing standing between Kang having dominion over reality. I I real I really do think. I think Hiddleston even said he's like don't think this is the end. Like just as this is the end, yeah, it's, it's
1: unwise for him to think it's a goodbye. For any yeah, reason. that was the first. Like, you said it yeah. twice now, no. but um, yeah, me and Jared spoke about it on my spoiler cast. But I genuinely think he's going to be the reason why there's a new team of Avengers. Right? You had Loki for 2012 Avengers, is the reason why they come together. Right? Loki now in Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty is the reason why the Avengers come together, just on the opposite side. Whether it's mm-hmm. this Loki exactly, I don't know or it could be like he's got another variant of himself to do that. But that's that's how I would take it just because he's in such a position now where you, you, I don't think you can do secret wars in the MCU with how they're doing it without using this Loki since he's now essentially in control of the multiverse. Yeah. I don't know how you get around doing that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wonder what other further character growth he could have because I, I, I like I remember I've never been a huge fan of the first Avengers movie. I know that's like a hot take, but I have just I never have, but his Loki really stood out to me. So just to go from that in what twenty twelve to like where we are here is just such a crazy arc.
0: I know. So I'm like I just yeah. wonder
2: what else they could do. Like it's I, I almost feel like there's a like like a bow, like it's like wrapped in a bow now. It's just it's 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 such a perfect ending, even though I do think I do agree with you, Mitch, at, Probably will be more of him. It's just such a like perfect arc, I guess.
0: It is a perfect arc. It's one of those things though that, like, for me, I've always it's it's like a gripe I have with stories like this in general is that you know I want it's it's like one of the reasons why a lot of people like you know aside from just shitty critiques and bad uh, media literacy, you know, people like brushed up against the Last Jedi. I think. Is that they wanted to see Luke in his like full glory as a fully formed Jedi Knight, you know? And I think it's why like people get, myself included, excited to see like Luke in The Mandalorian and stuff. Is like you finally get to see Luke who has overcome that darkness that he had, that he was conflicted with, who understands the code and the philosophy of the Jedi now fully. And now you get to see him like being Jedi master, Luke Skywalker. Um, I want to see Loki, like we've seen him rise to the occasion. I want to see what he's like now when like shit hits the fan and it's up to him to like help prevent calamity and like be a part of like an Avengers type lineup. And Mitch, you and I talked about this and I find that I find the idea deeply fascinating that like what, that we're slowly seeing like, manifestations of the infinity stones coming to fruition, like Mm. how Wanda and what she does in multiverse of madness is kind of like, she is now the reality stone incarnate and that Loki has kind of become the time stone incarnate. Um, I know people were talking about something that has to do with the marvels that again, I have no context for because I haven't seen it yet, but like how like there's something there that could like be implying like, Oh, like the space stone is coming back into play. And I love the idea that like this next crop of Avengers would be like what that you could call like the infinite Avengers that like and my big thing is the whole idea of, you know, oh, the Mar- Marvel Studios is like, oh, shit, we got to bring back the original Avengers. It's like, yeah, dumbass, of course, that's when it could be what fucking Secret Wars is. Um, but I love the idea of that being the case. And I really, really want if, if again, if it turns into like something to do with the Avengers representing the new crop of Avengers representing the Infinity Stones that I really hope a because of color palette and B because of the symbolism of it that like a multiversal Tony Stark being like the new soul stone. That like a he,
1: Tom Cruise Iron Man. No,
0: no, no let it be your brother. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't need, I don't need Iron Man. I don't, Robert, no. no, it doesn't. They had their chance with Multiverse of Madness. They couldn't make it happen. I don't need it. Um, I don't go, need Iron, Iron Man. Lord just join a cult. Yes, yes. The, um, kind of what the Avengers are. Um, oh please, you and I are on the same side of too many, too much Marvel stuff. <laughs> For you to be shitting out of your mouth. <laughs> you get
2: Jared Leto in there, and you know you got
1: to. That's, that's, that's too fast. That's where I draw a line. He's too busy climbing the Empire State Building.
0: <laughs> Morbius is the Morbius Mobius. It's um, there. there. <laughs> um, but no, I do love the idea of like Tony being this like manifestation of the Soul Stone because he's a, it's, he's its last victim, and B like the gold of the Soul Stone. You know, the gold. I don't assurance. like how you
1: said victim there. Uh,
0: He was the last person whose life was claimed by the soul stone.
1: Maybe even that still hurts a little bit.
0: But anyway, I think that would be neat. I would like that very much. But yeah. um, Is that all we have, gentlemen? I think so. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Trey, where can the lovely people find you, my friend?
2: You can find me uh, on Twitter. Uh, at Trey underscore Mitchell three, I changed my name, my, my Twitter handle, in the last few months. First time I've said that out loud, um, but yeah, I, I really. Right now, I tweet a lot about basketball. Big basketball fan. Um, but I also tweet about, uh, you know, things I love, like Loki season two, or uh, The Bear season two. That was a great season TV Or movies. I just saw a movie two, two nights ago called Saltburn. Um pretty pretty interesting so i tweet about movies a lot and shows and sports so if you like any of those things
0: we gotta get you back to talking about movies on a microphone i love listening to you talk about movies on a microphone
2: appreciate it i haven't done a podcast in a while this is my first (laughs) podcast in months like like weird. i was gonna say i think the the last time
0: yeah you were on air was for an ahsoka review for um oh, yeah. Jedi I think that might have been Probably. the last time you were on air
1: yeah they maybe, maybe I'll just
0: be greedy and I'll recruit you to team teen app next
2: <laughs> yeah we'll see or like the Avengers
0: <laughs> it's just a revolving door <laughs>
2: definitely but yeah thanks for, ha- for having me on I, I always like talking about um things that I just am very passionate about which this show I I am I, I feel like I don't have as much to say as I do about like s- Star Wars per se just because i don't know marvel as well as i know star wars um but like i definitely love this season of tv in in a way that i love other things so um yeah thanks for inviting me on
0: i had a very interesting conversation which i never plug this but whenever you join the patreon you also get to join the nerd academy discord um paco ten dollar patron uh mentioned something about like missing like the weekly like live stream reviews for Ahsoka and Trey I'm in a similar conundrum as you and I think it's because like Star Wars is consistently Star Wars consistently has like similar mission statements across its stories like is as as wildly different as say the Mandalorian or Andor is they're still hitting a lot of similar themes because it's what Star Wars has always been about with a lot of those ideas and themes. That I feel way more confident being able to, as the credits roll, sit down and talk about it because, like, I feel like I personally have an understanding of Star Wars, yeah, and that myth <laughs> and like what it's trying to say, as opposed to the MCU which is consistently telling stories that are like touching on different themes. And like, again, like that, that, th- that everything from, um, Wanda to a Ms. Marvel to a Loki, like they're all tackling different ideas. And that I, I, f- I feel the, the need to like sim sit down and simmer with something like a Loki more than I need to be able to have a competent conversation about Ahsoka Where like something like Ahsoka. I was like, yeah, like I want to do the, you know, kind of de de. like I, I, I kept calling them like art, like the live call-in shows, but they really turned into like decompression sessions of like talking through it. And then I would get to do like an actual review of like, okay, I've thought about this for a while. Here's what I think it's about. Um, That I don't super feel comfortable ever doing that with the MCU. Now that said, I am thinking about doing that for what if season two, I haven't made up my mind yet. Nine episodes. Nine days, nine episodes. I haven't made up my mind yet. I think I might. (laughs) I think I might. Um, You know,
2: you mentioned Andor, and, like, I I was doing... So I I had a Star Wars podcast for, like, four years uh, called Skywalking Through the League, and, like, we did episodes about Andor, and, like, I love Andor. I think it's amazing. I didn't have a lot to say about it, though. Like, I'm just like, this is really good. I don't know if I'm smart enough to talk about it, you know? And, like, with Loki, I don't it's not the same because I I don't think it's like, well, one, it's not as many episodes. So like you have more happening in each episode. Um, But yeah, I, I, I kind of feel that with, with that show. And then this to an extent, but there's still more, I feel like I could talk talk about. So
0: I hit a, I hit a brick wall talking about guardians of the galaxy three where like, there was, I was just like, this movie is so good that I don't even feel like I need to tell you why I think it's good. If yeah. that makes sense. Like I'd admit you were on for that review where I just kind of hit a point where it's like y'all can tell this shit's great.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't,
0: <laughs> it, it speaks for itself. Uh, and I've never had that experience before. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, no, uh, Trey, it is always lovely to have you on and, uh, your, your voice is greatly appreciated. I think you, 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 you bring, um, the, the, you you bring this like excitement for like film as an art form to these conversations that i uh greatly appreciate and love having you on for this type of stuff especially when it is at that intersection of like uh space wizards and superheroes and yeah. like good filmmaking uh that when those two things really hit a uh it hit an intersection um those are the moments where like i gotta have trey on to talk about this
2: appreciate it yeah i mean it's it, it's nice when like a show like this just like looks so good i'm I'm like you know like i i can have my 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 superhero and i can have my like uh stick up my ass like film critic like like film snob at the at the same
1: time you know so
0: this one's not a theme park ride folks
1: um i don't know the branches look like giant slides what does scorsese think of it
0: mitch you'll never know
1: you'll make a tiktok about it i'm sure yeah. <laughs> Left, right, Mitch. Do, do, <laughs> do, do you do plugs, asshole.
0: <laughs> Why? am I the asshole? You,
1: you,
0: you, you're talking mad shit, and I can. We can't see you, but we can feel you seething as Trey's talking about how I much love he loves Andor coming out of Mitch. You, you,
1: you put far too much stock in how I actually feel about Andor. No.
0: I know, but you've made it's it a what, bit.
1: It's back. he's like, I just Jared said appreciate a good bit.
0: I listen the day I got the message from Armin as you were recording you were talking shit <laughs> so which about one? Andor there was no. I know I know it was like two <laughs> weeks in a row but I, whenever he was like hey Mitch is talking shit about Andor what do you have to say and I was like I like I like a little I like I like humbling Andor stands so I'm not going to tell him not to but Mitch <laughs> also goes way too hard with this bit so I don't I don't know I, mean, I don't right. get
1: how just saying Andor bad every like a month and a half is uh, where, can the find like how, where can the
0: people find you talking you about how much you Where can the people find you talking about you can find me on the like socials,
1: on, on the Twitter, <laughs> at the 692 tweets. Is that my handle? Yeah, 692 yes. tweets. You can find it in the link tree on screen right now. And the current book cast, every time there's a show that comes out, I do the weekly and then the spoiler cast. Jared normally joins me for those, which maybe he's there for Scott Pilgrim if he pulls his finger out mm. his ass. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. At least be there for Invincible. I, hope. I will be there for Invincible. That's a good. goddamn find, uh, fact.
0: I've
2: been watching season two, pretty good.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. if you were into Invincible or not, Trey. That that makes me Jess hard. is
2: really into Invincible, and I like Invincible, but she likes it more. My girlfriend.
0: Uh, Great Trey, comic I, story ever told. Uh, Trey, I might be uh, tagging both of you guys in for an Invincible season do review. It. Do we? definitely chess at least dude i love i do i fucking love invincible i listen i am the i love mortal kombat and i haven't had a chance to sit down and play mortal kombat one yet like at all i haven't even bought it yet and i keep seeing all of the uh um footage of omni man because he was like the first dlc character oh my god it's so good
1: it's so J.K. simmons voicing him yeah okay
0: I'm gonna. So pitch they for they can a get J.K.
1: Simmons J- yeah. come
0: <laughs> I am fucking livid when I found out. So Trey, for context, both Omni Man and Homelander are going to be guest characters in Mortal Kombat. His voice, right? Huh?
2: I know uh, Anthony Starr isn't doing Homelander, right? He's, He's not. The Anthony voice-
0: Starr is going to voice Homelander. I yeah. like. I have no idea what Homelander sounds like if it's not Anthony Starr. I no. am like yeah. legitimately so fucking angry when i saw that story that i was like i'm just gonna pretend this isn't real like i just (laughs) i i need i need to just fully like disinformation myself into believing that that it can't be true and i really hope though i shut the fuck (laughs) i really hope that Anthony star is just is is being coy i really do and he's i don't see why
1: he would be though because they
0: were, and I know, because you're right, because they were very straightforward about, like, oh yeah, JK Simmons is going to play Omni Man, because of course yeah. he is.
1: But I'm uh, not looking forward to the day when Homelander's in Mortal Kombat and people start clipping the voice lines, and I have to then inevitably actually hear Homelander without Anthony Starr.
0: I know, I just respect voice day. lines, the voice lines for Omni Man are so good. They are so good. Like, Trey, you'll, you'll appreciate this one. Um, whenever Johnny Cage and Homelander have their, like, beginning of the match face-off, um, one of the interactions they can have is Johnny Cage goes, you're like the dad I never had. And <laughs> Homeland, and it, it's so good. And Omni-Man hits him with, you're weak. My son is Invincible like he does the pause Like the title <laughs> card is gonna come on screen And I, I'm like Yeah um, I'm not prepared for like Homelander To show up and like Say some like do whatever the fuck I want and like do the little finger wag it not be Anthony Starr Especially because yeah. like the Homelander we saw In the combat pack trailer Looks like Anthony Starr yeah. it, is, it is Like the boys TV show Homelander like down like down to the costume and like granted like his costume from the comics and the show aren't that different but like if it's not going to be Anthony Starr like they should have just given him like the chain on the pauldrons and everything like and just made it clearly comic book homelander because now that he looks like Anthony Starr but is going to sound like him I'm fucking mad
2: <laughs> yeah
0: but that's that that's my little rant there um i i, I promise i promise you all I'm not a Homelander Stan promise that I am not a Homelander Stan. I don't know about that. (sighs) He's one of my favorite villains of all time. I I, I can confidently say that though, for real though. But yeah, uh, obviously if you guys are watching this, there's no way you're not already watching comic book cast. Uh, But if that's somehow the case, fucking the comic book cast, you dumb, dumb. Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. And you can find the Nerd Academy Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. And on our website, uh, thenerdacademypodcast.com, where if you want to get some teen app merch, go ahead and click that student store link. And if you're feeling generous, you can donate to our Patreon. Give me a dollar! Speaking of our patrons, thank you to our ten dollars alumnus, Keandre Lloyd. Oh.
1: Colin Provolone, <laughs> sir. Ah. Oh,
0: good. yourself Colin uh, ah, steal yourself is this is <laughs> me stealing myself uh to pa- Trey can appreciate that clip because Jess is also super into Dimension 20 um, yeah. Uh, and to our $10 patron Paco and this is my second time saying his new name which is still hard for me because he put Alex Jones and Elon Musk's name together so thank you to Alonex Jonas alright ladies and gentlemen From the front lines
1: of the information war, it's Alex Jones.
0: And to our $10 patron, Ray Clausen, who asks that you donate to Equality Texas and help keep queer kids safe in the Lone Star State. As I said earlier, uh, the Discord, which I fail to mention fairly often, but that is also a perk of the Patreon at any tier. Uh, the $5 tier gets you access to the uh, Versus series and our other Patreon-exclusive content in Heroic History 101, which we don't get out as much as I'd like to, um, but... That's a New Year's resolution is to actually get good at doing heroic history 101. Um, but yeah, versus series, we're gonna have the rest of those episodes out soon. Um I's Bastard Season Two coming soon. Uh to give everybody a little behind-the-scenes look, I've mentioned this before. So part of the delay in getting uh, Bastard Season 2 up and running is that we've switched the game system formats. Originally we used the Fantasy Flight Star Wars system, so your Edge of the Empire, um something of rebellion. And uh, Force and Destiny. Uh, we used that initially, and we're switching over to Star Wars 5e, which is Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, but completely reskinned for Star Wars. So we had to remake all of our characters. And uh, the lovely Dan Miller of Bro-Axiom, Uh you know, he has a baby, he has a wife, and they do all, they're just constantly doing shit at Broaxium. Uh, so scheduling with him has been kind of rough, uh, but Michael's been able to finally uh, nail down a schedule. So he made his uh, character sheet for Zuzo Yort 2.0. Fabian Martell 2.0 is done. Forty Forty 2.0 is uh, done. Thabor Sheens is 2.0 is done. So bastard season two is coming soon. I cannot wait to get back into this story. Um, I am just exhilarated. It is, it is my favorite. uh, It's my favorite thing I've ever been a part of. I say that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Um, I, I love it. I love getting to take part in telling star Wars stories, Period, but getting to tell one with Michael McCoy is always a pleasure. It's always an honor. Um, and Michael has done nothing but make it abundantly clear that I am, I personally, Fabian Martel, uh, is in grave fucking danger this season. And he refuses to elaborate that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, yeah, all remaining systems YouTube channel, Ionized Bastard, season one, all seven episodes are out. So go watch those uh mitch i know you said before you're like a couple episodes into bastard season one i am yes so yeah everybody go go watch ionized bastards and then get on over here for bastard season two i can't wait the whole gang is back together we're gonna go rescue thaw on Dayu, and whatever the hell is gonna happen for this motley crew to save the galaxy a second time uh so yeah check that out epic confrontations obviously the star wars trivia league uh that i'm a part of uh i have a relatively recent match where i played against a mystery movie trivia schmodown alum uh i'm still keeping that tight lip because we don't say who it is in the thumbnail uh so (laughs) so go watch that as well uh thank you guys for watching like i said hopefully next week marvel's uh review will be out i'm going to do a news roundup as well because we got a lot of news brewing we have uh talk about um pedro pascal potentially being our reed richards of the mcu we have the madam webb trailer um all kinds of stuff to talk about
1: so yeah have you seen the other fantastic four rumor going about what's that uh javier bardem is apparently the top choice for galactus which i'm currently in shambles because he was my number one pick for doom see i
0: like i like bardem for galactus he was I always said that, like a lot of my reads, were also a lot of my dooms, and I think that
1: it's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, because like I, I was always a big proponent of like Adam Driver as Doctor Doom. I liked Matt Smith as Doctor Doom as well uh, for a little while there. Um, at this point, Mitch, this is something you and I have talked about a lot. If there's one thing that the MCU has done a poor job of in terms of representation. Or two things, technically. It's been uh, their Jewish characters and them being like Mm. outwardly Jewish (laughs) in nature. Um, and, uh, and you know, like actually showcasing that as a character trait because their faith does define a lot of those characters. And it's been the fact that there's been a lot of whitewashed Romani characters. And, uh, unfortunately for a lot of, uh, MCU characters that fit that description of either of them, it's one concentric fucking circle. Uh, <laughs> where it is, they, they shit the bed on those two traits on the same characters. We're looking at you, Scarlet Witch. Um, love Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal that you but again just like how I love Tom Hardy's Bane, I can like Tom Hardy's Bane and I can also go should have been a, a Latinx uh actor um and not a random fucking white British guy. Um so my my thing with Doom is that like I do I do really want it to be a Romani actor. I think that at this point like to shit the bet on not getting that right with Doom is gonna just it's it's an unforced error and will frankly just be fucking embarrassing. Um but removing that from the equation, uh, Javier Bardem and Adam Driver were always my top two picks for uh, Victor. So I like, but I like Bardem as Galactus, especially because it's going to largely mostly be probably a mocap and voiceover role. So I get down with that. Put some, put some dots mm. on his ass. Mm. But yeah, nice. uh, thank you all so very much for watching or listening uh we will see you all next time and class dismissed
1: stop move away from the cookie jar